Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. That's a wrap. Yo, that's a wrap. It was an amazing experience. Hope everybody enjoyed it. Hope we got some laughs and good entertainment. This is Warriors Wrap-Up on 95.7 The Game. Curry, dribble drive on Trey Jones, just took him right to the rim, scored it, and got fouled. Number 30 is making sure the Warriors are going to give themselves their best chance to win this game. Yeah, and the Warriors at times looked like that that was going to be a real difficult ask on this night. They trailed at the end of the first quarter, 26-23. Trailed going to the fourth quarter by a point, but the Warriors able to get it together in quarter number four, 43-27, 43-27, Warriors outscore the Spurs, and they go on to win, going away 130-115. to So we welcome you inside Warriors wrap-up here on 95.7 The Game. It's John Dickinson with you until about 11 o'clock as we react to this one. Phone lines are open, 888-957-9570, 888-957-9570. That is the phone number to give me a call or shoot me a text here on Warriors Wrap-Up on 95.7 The Game. The Comcast business text line is open. And look, tonight was, for the most part, not pretty. It was bluntly three quarters of pretty ugly. And the Warriors, on what is probably the final night of this season, regular season, play-in, playoffs, however it shakes out, NBA Finals run, This is probably the last game of the year where the Warriors had the opportunity to go through the motions, not bring the proper level of focus or intensity, kind of half-ass it, and still get a win. And still get a win relatively comfortably when it was all said and done, although there were moments in the game where it looked like it might get more than a little uncomfortable against a San Antonio Spurs team that uh, just has an absolutely atrocious roster with the the guys that they're putting on the floor right now. They fall to 19 and 58, but they're at the stage where losses are really wins and Greg Popovich is playing out the string and getting into the Hall of Fame tomorrow. And so none of it really matters as far as they're concerned. In fact, the losses do equal wins, although they are already locked up to being one of the teams that will have the best shot at getting the number one pick in the upcoming NBA draft in June. But regardless, the Warriors still had one of these zero upside games where they had to win. You were hoping it would be uh, relatively comfortably and and drama-free without injury because you look at the remaining games that the Warriors have here on the season, the final four now with the final four in college basketball tomorrow. But the Warriors have their own little final four at Denver on Sunday, Oklahoma City in the home finale on Tuesday and then a game at Sacramento a week from tonight before they wrap it up in Portland. And Portland may be the only team currently with the guys that are actually playing has a roster that rivals how atrocious the Spurs roster is right now. So tonight had to be a gimme. The game in Portland on April 9th, Easter Sunday, a week from Sunday and nine nights, that has to be a gimme. And that's actually an afternoon game, 1230 start right here on 95.7 The Game. So uh, really the the question is uh, off the top, you know, do style points even matter at this point for the Warriors or or certain levels of dominance? I don't think so. To me, they got the win. They got out of there. I know Draymond got banged up a little bit right before halftime with the knee and came back out and started the third quarter and and helped the Warriors ultimately get a win. But I I think style points at this stage are are irrelevant as long as they make it out of the game with the victory. 
And will efforts like tonight win you playoff games? No. Efforts like tonight will get the Warriors run out of the first round of the playoffs in five (laughs) against anybody. Sacramento, Phoenix, the Clippers, Memphis, whoever it may be. Warriors play like they did tonight in the playoffs, and it's night-night in a hurry and not in a good way. But for tonight, uh, as we close the books on March and, and head toward April in these final nine days of the regular season and the four games that, that are to come, I don't really think it matters all that much that this was kind of an ugly game because I think the Warriors knew that they didn't have to, to totally lock in. And I think they also knew that, that even if they didn't totally lock in, they weren't going to get beat the way that maybe they would have by a Pelicans team that has a lot more talent or a Minnesota team that has a lot more talent and and proved to to beat the Warriors going back to Sunday night in game two of the the four-game homestand. So Warriors now five of six in the win column. It's not all negative. Again, granted, tonight was not pretty. Three and one on the homestand, and the Warriors now will try to get back out on the road against a team that is resting up for them. The, The Nuggets going developmental mode the last couple of nights, gifting the Pelicans one in Denver last night, and then tonight they, they rested a bunch of guys in Phoenix, took another L, although it was a more competitive game for them tonight after they got down big. Suns ended up putting them away, but the Nuggets basically resting up for Sunday and and the Warriors and <laughs> trying to maybe put one on them as they gear up to wrap up home court advantage uh, in the playoffs for the West portion of the playoffs. And the Nuggets are only two games up now on Memphis, but you run through it and the Nuggets have the tiebreaker over Memphis. So the Nuggets basically uh, can afford to tie and they've got some winnable games coming up here over the course of the next week as well. And so Denver playing around a little bit with their food uh, here in the final week, but they know if they win a couple of games and it's really just you know combination of two wins for them or two Memphis losses, and they'll still be at the top of the Western Conference with home court advantage throughout the West portion of the playoffs regardless. What does this win do for the Warriors? Well, it puts them now into a tie with the Clippers. Tied with the Clippers as the Warriors improve now to 41-37, and 32-8 at home, one game to go on the Chase Center hardwood. They've got three games to go on the road. Again, Denver, Sacramento, and Portland, the three road games. And the Warriors are in a flat-footed, dead-heat tie, same record, same amount of games to go with the Clippers at 41-37. and 37. Clippers, though, remain in fifth. Why? Because the Clippers, although the Warriors and, and, and Clippers split four games, home team won all four, go figure, uh, on brand for the Warriors in 2022-23. But the Clippers have a better division record uh, with a couple of games to go still in the division. They've played 14 division games, they're 7-7. Seven and seven. The Warriors have played 15 division games, they're 6-9. and nine. And so a, a win for the Clippers in either of their two remaining divisional games would would firm up that tiebreaker Uh, the only way the Warriors have a shot to to end up winning a tiebreaker against the Clippers is if they can wind up tied as far as division record goes and the only way they end up tied as far as division record goes is if they win in Sacramento and the Clippers lose both to Phoenix and the Lakers so not completely off the table at that point although we'll have to see how how things shake out here uh, in, in the final few games of the year. If the Warriors can tie them in terms of division record, the Warriors do have a better conference record than the Clippers. But again, they have to tie that division record by winning in sack and having the Clippers lose their last two because that's the first tiebreaker between divisional opponents is that divisional record once you get beyond the head-to-head. So the Warriors still in sixth at 41-37. and 37. They're now a game and a half ahead of the Lakers, but only one in the loss column. Surprise, surprise, the Lakers are all of a sudden in seventh. Lakers beat Minnesota tonight in Minneapolis, uh, and that's a big win for them. They're 39-38. and 38. Pelicans are 39-38. and 38. Lakers, seven. Pels, eight, with those two teams tied. Minnesota dips to ninth, with Oklahoma City sitting in tenth. Thunder lost in Indiana, and so the Mavs are still alive as far as maybe getting that final play-in tournament slot at 37 and 40, and there's a big one tomorrow. Pelicans hosting the Clippers 
tomorrow night in New Orleans. And so we'll see what happens there. If the Clippers lose that game, the Warriors move into fifth. Do you even want to be fifth if you're the Warriors? I know I said it on Warriors Live before the ball game. If you're the Warriors, you want to play Sacramento as a six seed, or do you want to play Phoenix as the five seed with Kevin Durant back? And the Suns are now 5-0 and in games where they've had Kevin Durant along with Chris Paul and obviously Devin Booker and the other uh, players that they've put together in the little revamp of the Suns roster this year. So 888-957-9570, 888-957-9570. It's John Dickinson here on Warriors Wrap-Up on 95.7 The Game. We'll get into more of the details as far as this game goes. We'll hear from Steve Kerr, Jordan Poole, and others between now and 11 o'clock. But let's get it started on the phone lines with Gene in Oakland uh, up first tonight here on 95.7 The Game. What's going on, Gene? Hey, J.D. Yeah, I just got back from the game. Actually, I took my two grandkids, uh, awesome. uh, Henry and Noah, who, who are also who are listening as their father's taking them home. And by the way, I'm going to give you a heads up. Noah's probably going to be calling in. Noah's my mentor. He's, uh, he's, he's, he's a brilliant uh, sports analyst and historian, really, even though he's only 14 years old. Anyways, love it. So, the ga- yeah, the game. The game was. Uh, I, I suppose we should have expected to see what we saw. It doesn't bother me. I think at this point in the season, just as the the Dubs were at this point last year, and even through the playoffs, somewhat, I think they're, they're pacing themselves. You know, they took it easy in the first third periods, knowing that they were the superior team and they were going to be able to take the game. Uh, in the by the fourth, uh, so so it doesn't bother me that the, they didn't they didn't win on style points tonight. They you know they won and they stayed in sixth, and I hope they frankly stay in sixth and don't move into the fifth spot. Or if they're going to move up, move up to the fourth. I, I'd be okay with the fourth or the sixth. I don't want to I don't want to play uh, Phoenix with uh, with KD back. And 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 while we're talking about all these these teams and their seedings, I'm starting to get a little concerned about, uh, about the Lakers. Uh, you know, they, they dropped us a couple of times the last couple of times we played them. So, uh, I'm a little worried about them. They're, they're, they're looking pretty darn good. So, um, one last point, if I could make it, uh, I know it's going to take a while before we decide whether the Wiseman for uh, GP two trade, uh, works out better for us or for Detroit, but I think the early returns would say that uh, we're getting the better of it. Uh, GB2 was a, was a factor tonight, as he has been, I think, since he came back. I really liked it, uh, how he's come back and really pretty much playing the way he did, I thought, by the end of last year and, and of course, was a factor at the end of the season through the playoffs. Thanks for the call, Gene. Appreciate it, and uh, look forward to hearing from Noah uh, and a great night for your grandkids as well. Uh, good on you for, for taking them to the ball game. Yeah, it is too early to judge, but the Warriors finally, after a month of, of GP not being healthy enough to be able to play, you know, getting him back out there, and, and he looked good tonight. He was super impactful tonight in his 17 minutes, plus 13, eight boards. He's getting loose balls. He's falling and diving all over the place. So, yeah, they need GP too. And, and if he's healthy, then in the short term, this is a win for the Warriors, that, that trade. Now, I know in the long term, I said, and, and I'll put it right out there, I mean, I, I do think it was still the Wiseman part of it when you couple that with the, the injury to Peyton. I thought, hey, this has the potential to be a little little panicky for the Warriors and, and not work out great. But you almost it's two different things. It's short term versus long term. You file the Wiseman part away as long as GP2 is able to play, and he has been able to play here for the last couple of weeks, and then uh, you move on from there the last week, I guess. It's been five, six days now, I guess, since, since Peyton came back. But you file that away, and then you see how much Peyton can help you, and that's a part of it between now and the end of the season. How does it end? And then is he healthy enough to help you and to what level over the next two years combined with what Wiseman brings? But from just the GP2 part of it for this year, now that he's back on the floor, he's helping this team, and he will help this team in the playoffs if he's healthy enough to, to be able to play uh, as well. I'm with you on the Lakers, Gene. Uh, I, the Lakers have action. I don't know that they're going to be a direct threat to the Warriors unless it winds up being a, a 7-8 play-in game, I, and we saw how that went a couple of years ago for the Warriors, a little bit of a different Laker team, but LeBron and AD and the Warriors got beat in a 7-8 play-in game. 
if the Warriors stay six and the Lakers stay seven or vice versa, they're, they're going to avoid each other, uh, but could potentially be second-round opponents if they're able to pull off a uh, an upset there. And I'm with you as well on on the six seed. No disrespect to Sacramento. I know Sacramento's popping off about how disrespected they are, but it, it has nothing to do really with the Kings. It's more – it's the alternative options. Would you rather play Phoenix or the Kings? Would you rather play – uh, the Clippers or the Kings? I, I mean, I, I it, to me, it's it's a no-brainer with Kawhi. A guy's won, you know, Finals MVPs, and Durant, who's won Finals MVPs. Again, the people of Sacramento may take it as disrespectful. That's fine. They can motivate however they see fit in their first trip, you know, to the playoffs in in over a decade and a half. That that's cool. I get it. You know, I think every fan base loves to feel disrespected, but really, it's more about the alternative options and the prospect of of facing Phoenix. The Warriors moving up to five actually creates a more difficult matchup uh, if they end up playing Kevin Durant and, and the Suns in, in the first round. All right, let's keep it moving on the phone lines. 888-957-9570. Andrew in Pleasanton next here on Warriors Wrap-Up. What's going on, Andrew? Hey, J.D. Uh, I, first thing, I want to say I always love your uh, post-game analysis. And um, I'm jumping into this this is sort of an idea of uh take on on what is a must win right we all kind of like roll our eyes at the idea of the the trope of the must win game and and really like until you hit that like mathematical number the there's only the one must win game and then every game after that is also a must win but like the warriors aren't there but they they do want they want they certainly want to win these games right to have agency over their own fate, uh, you know, like other people, like other teams, you know, if they win or lose, that's, that's on them. But like, you, you want to be in the best position that you can. And I just feel like a lot of these games, you know, the Warriors play up or down to their level of competition. It's been that way for, I mean, years really, like not, not just this year. Uh, and I, I don't know. I, you know, we talk about championship uh, DNA and whatnot. Does that, does that, have to include like Draymond's kind of take on I can't wake up for games in in March kind of deal. Like, is that what championship DNA means? Because I don't know. I don't see him buckling down a whole lot. And when they do, it doesn't seem to work out. It's too late. You know, I don't want to win in the first quarter. If you can win by 15 in the fourth, how about you win by 15 in the first? And then we don't, you know, we don't have this whole, well, they won't they kind of situation. Anyway, that's my take. No, there. Well, there wasn't a lot of buckling down in the first quarter tonight. There, there's no doubt, and, and yeah, I mean, I think this team has struggled to find motivation. I think they were unmotivated to play tonight, clearly. But there's a difference between being unmotivated to play on a night like tonight and still figuring out a way to win by 15 and taking an L. And and watching the league as much as I do on a night in night out basis, there are teams. Minnesota's one of them, by the way, a team that that has a similar record to the Warriors, who have lost games to Houston and San Antonio and Charlotte multiple times and Detroit multiple times. Now, the Warriors lost to Orlando a couple times, lost to Detroit a couple times. Like they've they have been guilty in their own way of doing it, but other teams have done it more. The Clippers have done it more, believe it or not, than the Warriors have. Now, they've tricked around with the idea of you know, resting players, and this guy's going to play this matchup, not play this matchup, no back-to-backs here, this guy's out there. And so there are other teams that have been far more calculated about it, and then when they have had their guys together, they still haven't played hard either and have wound up getting bitten in, in the behind by it. So I give the Warriors credit on the one hand that at least at home, at least at home, with the exception of maybe one or two games this season, they haven't slipped into that. Now on the road, it's bitten them a ton. And it's the reason that we're not having a conversation about the Warriors being the second or the third seed themselves, and they're fighting to avoid the play-in tournament. But I'll give you my definition of must-win. And to me, tonight was a must-win for the Warriors because it was one of two gimmies that you have left on the schedule, and the gimmies are the games that you absolutely have to get. Tonight was a must-win because you might not win in Denver on Sunday, even if you play well. And so that game, to me, becomes gravy. And, and I look at it now. The, the must-wins are OKC and Portland now among the four games that the Warriors have left. Sacramento's kind of a 50-50. If you can get that being the, the next most difficult game that you, that you have, 
uh, next to the Denver game. If you can get that, great. I think three out of four puts the Warriors sixth for sure and maybe even fifth. I, I think two out of four, and it's kind of 50-50 flip a coin. I think two out of four, the Warriors might be sixth and they might be seventh at, at that point. You win any less than than two of the final four and you're, you're going to be a playing tournament team. You go one and three, you're a playing tournament team. You go 0-4 oh uh, over the last four, you're a playing tournament team in, in all likelihood. A playing tournament team that might get their ass burned on a tiebreaker and, and find themselves on the, on the outside looking in, depending upon, let's say, what a Dallas or a Oklahoma City does over the course of their, their final games. But tonight, to me, was a must win. A, a must win because of uh, the the fact that the game in Denver is a lot more difficult and the Nuggets are loading up because they punted their last two games away in essence to give their guys a rest before going hard it sounds like over the course of this final this final week 888-957-9570 John Dickinson here on 95.7 The Game let's go to Alan Alameda we'll keep it rolling here on the phone lines on a Friday night what's going on Al? Good evening. Thank you uh, for taking my call, JD. Yes, uh, you know you were mentioning about um, uh, if playoff comes around there. You know, I would I would suggest I want to play Sacramento. I'll be honest with you, okay? Because you don't want to face Phoenix because like KD is there, and they're like five five and zero oh, since he's been playing. I mean, he was hurt, okay? And Sacramento the three. The two players I'm, I'm kind of scared of are Sabonis, Fox, and Monk. And the bench, uh, I don't really care about those guys, okay? We have, we have um, Payne back, and hopefully, uh, hopefully we get a Wiggins back sooner or later, okay? And I think six, six and three, I, I kind of like that matchup right there, okay? Phoenix, I, I would avoid that. Memphis, for sure. Denver, they might get bounced out in the first round. So right now I'm I'm leaving for Sacramento, okay? Thank you, JD. Yep. Thanks, Al. I mean look, again, playing Sacramento's a no brainer if you're the Warriors. That doesn't mean you can't lose. That doesn't mean you you go up there and, and you still have trouble winning on the road and, and they put one thirty up every night, so you're gonna have to defend at least a little bit. You're gonna have to be patient offensively and run your stuff. You can get whatever shot you want if you're patient. But the two things that absolutely get you killed if you're playing the Kings are bad shots that are misses into their fast break opportunities and turnovers. Uh, you you start turning it over and taking quick bad shots, they might hit you with a 45-point quarter, and then you're in trouble. But it's a no-brainer that you want Sacramento over Phoenix. It, it, it just it, – it's, it, it's not even – it's not and and look, Sack Fox is a handful for for the Warriors. You know, he's you've got more options on guys that can cover him if you've got Gary Payton in the mix. But look, Gary Payton ain't covering De'Aaron Fox for 37, 40 minutes a night. Gary Payton's only playing seventeen, maybe twenty, and I think the Warriors probably want to limit him to about seventeen. So you need other options to, to be on Fox. You know, Kaminga's going to have to be potentially on Fox. Wiggins coming back is paramount to me. I mean, that's that to me is almost the difference in the series. If Wiggins can come back and and get himself into game shape and be available for that series, that almost determines who's the favorite in that series. Uh, so it, look, it's no picnic, uh, and and I don't want it to come off as disrespectful. But it's just a, a tale of, of a couple of different options. Uh, you know, I, I think you'd be more comfortable playing the team with the least amount of experience when you're the team that has the most amount of experience. You know, Sabonis is a monster. Sabonis has been a mini Jokic this year. Kevin Herter has been awesome this year. They've got Keegan Murray, who just broke the record for most three-pointers made by a rookie in NBA history. Now, Harrison Barnes. Is is somebody who's been really steady? Malik Monk, big off the bench. Trey Lyles, big off the bench. Like that's a that's a talented, talented team. Mike Brown, he knows exactly what this Warriors team possesses, and so I mean that you know that that's a hell of a matchup. That is not a picnic, but it is the lesser of two evils when you compare it to 
to Phoenix, uh, in, in my estimation, and even Memphis. I, I'd rather play Sacramento than Memphis when you're talking about a first-round series. All right, 888-957-9570. Uh, Josue in Fremont. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. What's going on, Josue? Yo, yo. Hey, J.D., man, I was starstruck a little earlier when I ran into you in the Warriors store. I was Yeah, the picture. Yeah, we took the picture. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, and uh, and I was with my girl Emma. Say hi, babe. Hi, hi, JD. It's so <laughs> cool to meet you. I was so pumped. Hey, I, hey, I, nice I meeting you. I don't want to take too much of your time, but just yeah, it was so cool. But uh, it was really dope tonight, man. Watching GP two and Kaminga make game winning plays, just big winning plays, and you know, uh, like seeing kind of how the breakdown of minutes are getting distributed. Like I didn't see J Mike on the court tonight, and I heard on Willard and Diggs earlier that Wiggins was back in the Bay potentially. And so I know, obviously, he's paramount to the championship run. But, you know, I just I wonder how the minutes are going to be distributed when he, if and when he comes back and, like, uh, how that affects DiVincenzo and J-Mike. And I just want to hear your thoughts on that. And thanks again for a great show, man. I appreciate you. Yep, appreciate it. Thank you very much uh, to both of you. Have a great night and, and rest of your weekend. It was wonderful meeting you. Yeah, there was the report from Jason Dumas of Cron 4 that, that Wiggins is back in the Bay after spending time away. Now that does not equate to back with the team. However, it would be the first step toward if he was going to come back to the team. And, and I know I said to Steiny and, and Guru earlier in the week, we were kind of chatting about, you know, well, what this thing's getting down to the, the end of the line here, as far as like, you know, when would Wiggins have to come back to be impactful for, for the playoffs. And I, I said early this coming week, like by Monday or Tuesday, of, of this coming week back with the team to where you're essentially a week and a half, 12 days or so away from, from a playoff to be able to, to, to get yourself back into condition and be able to, to help. And so I, I thought Steve Kerr, you know, said Wiggins has been doing his own workouts and things away from the team. And so I think that's a, a positive sign that if, if he's got the personal issues and family issues handled – to an extent where where he feels comfortable enough coming back, there is still enough of a lead-up to where he could really, really help this team between now and the end of, of the season. And so as far as the minutes, it, it, we'll see. I think Wiggins is somebody that could, could be brought off the bench at first, but the Warriors have struggled anytime they've tried to reacclimate somebody else into the rotation. DiVincenzo hasn't quite played as well since... Gary Payton the second came back. Kaminga didn't play well the first game back, and Steve Kerr put him in the starting lineup and and separated him from Gary Payton, which I think has been beneficial to Kaminga, uh, making Kaminga the starting four, Draymond at five, Looney becomes the backup center. Here's the thing. You probably need Looney, though, to start against Zach if you're playing them. You need Looney to start against Jokic when you're playing them. So Kaminga's probably going back to the bench. In, in two of these next three games in all likelihood. If, and if Wiggins comes back, I think Kaminga's minutes are impacted. I think DiVincenzo's minutes are, are impacted as well. I think Anthony Lamb's minutes certainly would be impacted, uh, no no question. And But the Warriors are going to have to figure it out. Either way, it's a nice problem to have because Wiggins can be an on-ball defender and a slasher and somebody that can get his own bucket. 
and that's exactly what you that's exactly what you want if you're if you're the Warriors here heading down the the stretch and into the playoffs. You want another wing player that can defend and that can get a, a, a tough two for this Warriors team, which, uh, you know, you saw Kaminga tonight. He got some twos down in the paint. A lot of them made by the context, again, of the Warriors' offense, his own cutting, being in the right spot. Like, anytime Kaminga's 8 of 11, that tells you he's getting a lot of dunks, and that's a good thing, and he's had three, four of those lines in the last couple of weeks where it's everything coming off of a cut, off of a defense, off of a a rebound, you know, very little freelancing from Kaminga and trying to go, ha, ha, ha. You don't want that. Don't want that. Uh, although he's had maybe one play in, in every game where he's done a little bit of that. But, again, you can live with it one one play a game here or there, pass or fail, and it's been successful for him even in, in those instances. But when Kaminga's playing well, it's high motor, it's rebounding, it's defense, and it's buckets at the rim because of the way the defense is playing the Warriors that allow him to get those easy ones. That is peak Kaminga for his second year in the NBA as he continues to develop. 888-957-9570, 888-957-9570. All right, let's get to Noah in Danville, who is next here on, on Warriors Wrap-Up. Noah, thanks for calling in. Now, now Gene, our, our buddy Gene, is, is your grandpa? Yeah, he is. Nice. Well, thanks for calling in tonight, Noah. What's, uh, what's on your mind? So I think that Kaminga this year has been huge, first off. I mean, this game, you saw it. He almost had a double-double, 17-8, and 8, 8 of 11, getting the easy ones at the rim. He's just got – he's getting all of his tools, you know. He's rounding into form. I think he'll be a key part of our playoff rotation, and I'm excited to see his development as he's only 20. Yeah, no doubt, Noah. Thank you, thank you for the call and, and – Good on your grandfather for taking to the game. I'm glad you you guys had a a good time out there tonight. Family affair and uh, big Warriors win over the San Antonio Spurs. And yeah, Kaminga's going to be a huge part of this thing. Uh, you know, we'll, uh, again, he may not be playing as much as he did tonight in the playoffs, but Steve Kerr's ability to carve out a role and Kaminga's ability to play as effectively in fewer minutes, I think, is going to be the key to this thing because. You know, I look at the rotation in the playoffs, and I think you know, it, let's say Wiggins is back and able to start. Well, it's Wiggins with Steph and Clay. It's Draymond and Looney. Maybe you break up Draymond and Looney somehow in in that. But but you know those five are going to be there. You know Poole's going to be your sixth. How good was Jordan Poole tonight? By the way, another game where the Warriors didn't have a lot of action, but Jordan Poole was able to score and score efficiently, and they needed it, and it helped save them from getting down big again against an inferior team in this building. And so you look at 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 Poole tonight. Poole's in there. Divincenzo's in there as the seventh. I think Peyton's in there as the eighth. I think Kuminga is in there as the nine. And then we'll see. I think Anthony Lamb is somebody that's a sometimes player, not an always player. I, depending upon what you need and the matchups, and I think Jamichael Green is a sometimes player and not a and not an always player. But yeah, I think that's I think the trusted three for sure are going to be Poole, DiVincenzo, and Peyton, with Kaminga being a, a part of that. I think those four are playing for sure as things get laid out in in the playoffs, and I think that's a pretty solid nine. You start talking about Anthony Lamb and Jamichael Green being your ten and your eleven in a playoff series. And that's a much better place to be than, than where the Warriors have been uh, as of late. All right, 888-957-9570. We still got secret sauce to get to. Uh, we've still got the hardest working player of the game to get to. But uh, let's keep it rolling on the phone lines here on a Friday night. Marvin, what's going on, Marvin? You're on Warriors Wrap-Up on 95.7 The Game. How you doing, J.D.? Hey, I, I really believe that the Warriors should take on Phoenix and take that five seed. Uh, because I think Phoenix is not cohesive. Uh, I, I watched him tonight. I watched him against Denver, of course, without Jokic. But I just think that they're not cohesive. They they let a lot of backups uh, run off a 27-3 run on them. And what I what I see in them is when the chips get down, they're going to fold. And I just think the Warriors are coming rounding into shape if you bring back Wiggins and bring him off the bench, kind of let him play his way back into the 
into the rotation. I can see us taking Phoenix down. I think I think Sacramento is a little deeper than Phoenix, and they got a better center. And bigger players are kind of hard for us to deal with that are athletic and can shoot the ball. So I would rather have Phoenix first because with KD, I just don't think KD um, and Booker and Paul are cohesive yet. And I can see us beating Paul. I bet, I bet they don't want us in the first round. I think that's fair, and Marvin, you you made you made the argument. I mean, that's that's the best argument I've heard. You made the right argument as far as if you did prefer to play Phoenix over over Sacramento. Now, now I don't go down that path. I know Phoenix. I think Phoenix led up against the shorter-handed Denver team tonight. I didn't get a chance to watch all that game. I was kind of peeking in in little breaks on the on the iPad. I think though we're talking about old Phoenix when you talk about not being able to get the job done and all of that and CP with the Clippers and Houston and and all of that and some of the demons from the last 2 years of the Suns beating you know losing to Dallas, losing to Milwaukee up 2 nothing in the finals. This is a different team. You know this this is this is they got rid of a bunch of those guys to get KD in there. And now it's KD and Book, and Chris Paul's the third best player, and they still have Aiton. And I'm with you, they're not quite as deep as they were. That's a fair thing to, to point out. But I'm, I'm sorry, I'm still taking, I'm still taking play Sack. And, and again, Sack can, Sack can beat you. I, I, it's not a disrespectful statement to Sack. I'm just, I would just rather play the young, inexperienced team over the team that's got Booker and Durant, you know, and Chris Paul is the third and DeAndre Ayton. And, and look, they haven't gotten beat yet. It hasn't always been pretty. They played an easy schedule, I think, early in those first three games. But they're 5-0 they're and oh with Durant. And I think they're, they may look a little more cohesive a week and a half from now than they do right now uh, on top of that. And so uh, I, I wouldn't want to mess with that in the first round. Uh, but again, no disrespect to Sack. Sack is deeper. Sack is not the most athletic team. De'Aaron Fox is probably the fastest player in the league. They're not the most athletic team. In fact, they struggle with other teams that have size and athleticism in in an oddly similar way that, that the Warriors do. Uh, especially, uh, and that's even with Sabonis, who who's a monster and skilled. And we've seen Sabonis really hurt the Warriors in the, in the past. But that that's a good team. They are much more cohesive. I'll give you that, Marvin. The, the Kings are more cohesive at this stage than the Suns because they basically had the same eight players that have all played together all year. They've had very few injuries. Fox has missed a handful, but they've been really well connected. They run everything through Sabonis early, and he goes to work, and he sets up their three-point shooters, and then they play pick and roll, and they, and they let Fox get out and transition late, and basically it's Fox's game in the fourth quarter after everybody's gotten into a flow over the first three quarters. They don't play a lick of defense either, which I think is a, a benefit to the Warriors. Not that you want to use that as a means to be able to let up in any of those games, but the Kings are when when you're patient. like The, the Warriors' style of patient ball movement, as long as they don't settle for jumpers and they attack and get to the basket and cut and do all that, they can obliterate the Kings defensively in, in that respect. And so it becomes which team's more apt to get a big stop in the big moments. And I'll say this, the Kings in the regular season have gotten more big stops and big moments than the Warriors have. It's why they have a better record. But in the playoffs, is that something that continues to be to be uh, an, an issue for them? So remains to be seen. We'll see. All right, let's get to the secret sauce of the game. Uh, why did the Warriors win? Why did the Warriors lose? Secret sauce of the game brought to you by Proposition Chicken. Fried, flipped, fake. This chicken goes three ways. Now available in eight Bay Area locations with the newest one being in Novato. And the secret sauce of the game uh, tonight was Jordan Poole. Jordan Poole, 27 points off the bench. Warriors had a 44-37 bench advantage. Uh, but Poole, in his 27 minutes with the 27 points and really keeping the Warriors in this game and, and preventing them at times from getting down to where they would have had to work a hell of a lot harder than they did to be able to to come back in this one. So I'm, I'm giving a nod there to Jordan Poole. And collectively, you could say Poole, Curry, and Clay Thompson, when you look at, at the nights that, that Poole, Curry, and Clay Thompson had, 
as they go uh, in this game for 91 combined, 91 for the three of them in this one. That's your secret sauce, and my goodness, uh, 23 pointers made uh, by those three in this game. 23 pointers made, 20 of 38 for those three. Uh, That is incredible, and that is your secret sauce of the game. Again, brought to you by Proposition Chicken. Fried, flipped, fake. This chicken goes three ways. Now available in eight Bay Area locations, with the newest one being in Novato. And how about the Warriors tonight from three? Warriors from three-point range tonight, they started 0 for 13. That's a a big reason why you get down down early. Uh, 0 of 13 from three. Now, the Spurs weren't really hitting either. Uh, but then the Warriors finished after the 0 for, So they go 0 for 13. And then Steph hits one. Then Steph gets fouled on one. He hits that one. Warriors finish 21 of 36. So they go 0 for 13. And then they go and then they go 58% with 20 makes for the remainder of the game. That'll, that'll get it done uh, as well. Uh, and the Warriors hitting a lot of those shots in the second half and hitting a lot of those shots in the fourth quarter, nine of fifteen for the Warriors uh, in in the fourth quarter from three. That's how you outscore your opponent, forty three twenty seven, and rally from down one to go on to win by the final of one thirty to one fifteen. All right, eight at eight nine five seven nine five seven zero, triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. Uh, Warriors wrap up here on 95-7 the game. Let, let's go ahead and also get our hardest working player of the game in. And our hardest worker of the game is brought to you by AC Transit. Curry steps around. Trey Jones gets it to midcourt behind the back. Downtown fires and got it! 122-106. Warriors pulling away here in the latter stages of this contest. A contest they have to win. Yeah, big game there, big game for Curry, uh, and you know he just continues to do. I mean, seven of eleven from three. I mean, Curry's just been, he's been otherworldly, uh, with the exception of a couple of games here and there since he's returned, and he he put the Spurs to bed tonight, and so big, big game for Curry, big close for Steph Curry as well. As you look at at Steph, sixteen. In the fourth quarter, 16 of his 33 on the night coming in the fourth quarter as the Warriors get this win by 15. Hardest working player of the game brought to you by AC Transit. AC Transit looking for hard workers and offering a $2,000 bonus for new bus operators and journey level mechanics to join their team. For complete details and to apply, visit actransit.org slash careers. That's actransit.org slash careers. Hardest worker of the game tonight is Steph Curry. All right, final couple of minutes here on Warriors wrap-up on 95.7 the game. Let, let's go ahead and hear from Jordan Poole tonight. We'll, we'll, I'll give you the Cliff Notes version of, of Steve Kerr coming up before we wrap things up, and we'll reset the standings and the big games tomorrow before we get out of here at 11 o'clock. But let's hear a couple of minutes of Jordan Poole as he met with the media here inside Chase Center. You, Steph, and Clay combined for, for 23s, and now this team, when you have 200, and it's only been done one other time where three guys on the same team in the same season have had 203s. Um, does it just show how much fun you guys have, the depth and, and shooting talent, all those things? Yeah, it's pretty special, um, especially being the second team in history to do it up there with really good company, and we still got a couple games to go. So shout out to those guys you know, just for just raising the level of competition. You know, not only in the game, but in practice and just being around these guys for the four years that I've been. I've learned a lot, and it's uh, really special to be a part of. JP, you guys outscored San Antonio 43-27 to in the fourth quarter. What went right offensively down the stretch? I think we were getting the shots that we wanted earlier on in the game. Some of them didn't fall, um, but then we kind of picked up our defense. We limited a couple mistakes in that second quarter. That third quarter, fourth quarter, we kind of got uh, got it rolling a little bit, able to get some actions, get some easy looks for Clay, Steph. And then once we kind of get our momentum, uh, it's hard to stop. I think you guys have won five of six now. I've heard guys talk about building good habits as you go toward the, the playoffs. What do you like about what you guys are doing right now? We're just taking care of business. I think we know how important each and every game is, um, especially 
how close the win-loss ratio is in the Western Conference. So I think we know that we need to be tapping into playoff basketball around now and uh, limiting unnecessary mistakes and try to put ourselves in a position to finish the season strong and use that momentum going forward. Jordan, it seems like you guys can kind of feel Gary's impact the moment he steps on the floor. With all the loose balls that he's fighting for tonight, what does that do for you guys in like energy-wise, all of that? His uh, energy and his defense and the extra possessions that he gets us are huge, you know, especially being able to have such an amazing offensive rebounder and loan and then being able to um, have somebody like Gary who can go out there and play his role and be himself as comfortable as possible because guys around him will cover up for him. feels really natural, you know, knowing that we had him all last year um, and getting him back this year. So it's huge, and we're glad to have him back, um, and we know how much of an impact he has. With that kind of natural feeling, is there almost kind of like an unspoken confidence, like when he when he's out there knowing what he can do versatility-wise, de- defensively especially? The entire league knows what he's capable of defensively. He put that on display last year. But it just feels really good to have him back. You know, he kind of gets our cadence. He gets our offense. He gets our plays. He gets our flow. I mean, he's a part of this team. So we definitely know that we need him if we want to make a run. The team misses 13 threes. Do you figure at some point it's going to be an avalanche because, you know, eventually you will make the shots and you'll get up to 20 or something like that? Most definitely. Yeah, that's exactly what happened tonight. 0 for 13 and then 24 or 21 of 36 for the Warriors. And that is, uh, they end up 43% for the night on 21 of 49. And you're not going to lose a lot of games when, when you do that. So good stuff there from, from Jordan Poole. The impact of Gary Payton, that was a big time theme tonight in the postgame press conference, including Steve Kerr's postgame press conference. The impact of rebounding, loose balls, defense. Uh, GP, his presence was felt. Again, he's probably only playing 15 to 17 minutes. Maybe he gets bumped up to 20 here and there, but those can be highly impactful minutes for the Warriors, and they were uh, tonight. We've really seen, and I think the Warriors have to be encouraged by what they've seen from GP here in these first handful of games as he's been able to to rehab and, and get back to being able to play after they reacquired him going back to the, the early part of, of February. Uh, Steve Kerr also, he praised Clay Thompson for staying patient. Uh, Clay, big second half for Clay Thompson after a 1 of 5 start, 0 of 4 from 3 in the first half. And Clay, monster second half, 27 points in the second half, 10 of 13 in the second half. Steve Kerr credited Clay for staying patient not chasing the bad start by taking more bad shots, letting the game come to him. And in the fourth quarter, he's able to go seven for 10. Uh, This has been a pretty good stretch for Jordan Poole over the last handful of games as well. And the Warriors have needed it. He's seemingly finding his way as the the super sub sixth man, uh, which is something that the Warriors are going to need regardless of whether they're playing SAC or Phoenix or Memphis or anybody else in the playoffs coming up here in the next couple of weeks. And and how about the energy from not only Kaminga, but Anthony Lamb deserves a nod tonight. Anthony Lamb really does deserve a nod tonight. He was really good. Not the best shooting game, but but a uh, the only player with a better plus-minus on the floor than Draymond Green tonight was Anthony Lamb, who was a plus-17, had six rebounds. And good things continue to happen when Draymond Green, Jonathan Kaminga, and Anthony Lamb are all on the floor together, that's been a combination that's been a major plus for the Warriors this season. And I know Steve Kerr has pointed out the combo of Kaminga and Lamb on the floor at the same time has been a, a positive pairing. He really likes the way those two and their games complement one another. And tonight, no different as the Warriors get the win 130 to 115 and now we'll see if they can't take it back out on the road where believe it or not they've won two consecutive road games those final two games in Houston and Dallas to close out the last trip Warriors maybe getting on a little roll five of the last six with the three and one homestand and uh, the Warriors with uh, a big time test anytime you go to Denver it's a big time test but clearly the Nuggets who have given uh, their big players the last couple of nights off or gearing up for that one to come on Sunday evening. So it should be fun, and all the action will come your way uh, here at 5.30, the tip time for that one here on 95.7 The Game. All right, we'll call it a night on that note. Quick turnaround for me. Make sure you join me for Warriors this week, tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., 
Join me and Whitey Gleason as we'll be continuing this conversation, taking your phone calls and your text messages and everything else at 888-957-9570 from 10 a.m. until 1 p.m. here as we do each and every Saturday on 95.7 The Game. That's Warriors this week. And then I'll be back for Warriors Live at 4.30 on Sunday. The Warriors and the Nuggets from Denver, 4.30 Warriors Live. That's a 5.30 tip-off for the Warriors and the Nuggets here on 95.7 The Game. Four games to go for the Warriors' final game at Chase on Tuesday against Oklahoma City, and then Sacramento and Portland on the road, and that is it. We'll see where the Warriors stand at that point, but for another night, they wind up sixth in the Western Conference at the close of business, tied with the Clippers, who are fifth. Big game tomorrow, Clippers and the Pelicans, where somebody's going to win and somebody's going to lose and uh, regardless, it's going to have a, an impact on this play-in and playoff race. Uh, if the Warriors, if the Clippers lose, Warriors move into fifth, and they'd be locked into a matchup against the Suns at that point. But that all pending what the Warriors do on Sunday. We'll talk to you then. Thanks to Sterling Bennett. Thanks to everybody in our San Francisco studios. Warriors get the win tonight, 130-115. to And you heard it all right here in your home for Warriors basketball. It's 95-7 the game. Good night. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.